Hey folks, welcome back to Misty and Ike, a daily pop culture podcast produced by Brickyard Media Group. And now here's your hosts, Misty Roberts and Isaac Heckert. Hello. Hi. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to scare you. Boo, you I got me. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see if I could scare you, even though you were expecting me to talk. I was expecting you to talk, and I didn't expect it to be so enthusiastic. Good morning, Misty. It is Tuesday morning, and I'm ready to go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want to tell them the thing that you do right before we record every time? I clear my throat. Yeah, this needs a close-up. <laughs> okay see folks like if that, <laughs> if that doesn't scare you there's something wrong with you it, i you know that i most of those noises are not actually me clearing my throat i just do it to see if i can freak you out no i i think that is the evil coming out i mean it could be yeah i do really well to like tamp the evil down inside of me for the most part tamp i like that word <laughs> yeah it's a good one it's the word of the day Speaking of today, we have three notable things that we do. Today. We're going to do like a combo. Yes. It's probably part of why I'm so excited. Oh, but dear, oh dear, your plate has fallen. <gasps> so and you know it. who would not be okay with that plate falling? Margaret Thatcher. Tina Fey. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Way to call it back to today's episode. Because that plate says, what does it say, Isaac? Round here, woman makes the damn money. Round here, a woman makes the damn money. And it's my favorite artist, Ashley Longshore. It's in the wrong room, but whatever. Mm, okay. Anyways, Tina Fey would agree with that. Round here, a woman makes the damn money. Well, you know what else happened today? Tell me. Something about uh, the Grauman's Theater. It was, op- it was opened? It was opened. It was opened. Yeah. Opened today. Well, today's Tina Fey's birthday. And it's the anniversary <laughs> of the Grauman Theater. And... Stick around to the end. Because there's a third surprise thing we're going to talk about. That's such a YouTube thing. It really is. Today, we're going to blah, 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 <laughs> Tina Fey, and we're going to super duper grommets and stick around to the end where only you will find out a grand reveal. <laughs> you like my sound effects? Yeah. They're good. Yeah, boy, we're on it today. Yeah. Um, you want to hear the history of Grommens or do you want to do Tina? Ladies, no, I want to hear this. No, I want to hear some Grommens stuff because it's a cool spot. Okay, ch- check yeah. it out and read along, folks. Check it out. It was the last of Sid Grommens theaters to be built. It may arguably be the most well-known of Sid Grommens theaters, but it was the last one to be built. After Grommens was unsuccessful at gold mining during the Klondike days. Klondike days. What would you do for a Klondike day? He decided to open up a chain of theaters in Alaska and Northern California. This was this guy doesn't strike me as a solid businessman. You know, I mean, I think that like anybody that was a gold miner was a gambler. Right. But like, I'm going to open up theaters in Alaska. Anyway. I got a great idea, you guys. I hope that's how he sounded. There's gold in them there heels. <laughs> With the lisp is the best part. Well, yeah, seriously, just can't do it without it. The Sorry. million dollar theater, which actually cost eight hundred thousand to build, <laughs> not one million dollars, opened in nineteen eighteen. And the Egyptian theater, which is basically across the street if you want uh-huh. to live here in Hollywood, opened in nineteen twenty two. Hollywood quickly caught on to the Grommens movie theater vision and started booking it booking his oh. establishments for high profile events. In fact, the first ever film premiere for an adaptation of Robin Hood starring Douglas Fairbanks was held at the Egyptian the same year it opened. Grauman built the first two to appeal to the public. 
Hmm, am I not reading everything? And once they were successful, he was able to build a theater in the style that he personally really wanted to see, and that ended up being the Chinese theater. It's very interesting. Like, it's just really, what an interesting thing to, as the building of Hollywood was happening, that this guy was like, well, I don't want to build houses up in the Hollywood land mm-hmm. where everyone's making the money. Right? I'm going to build a theater. Theater. I'm going to be a theater. And I'm not going to build one. I'm going to build a couple until then I can make one Mm -hmm. that's the Chinese theater. And I'm going to be super racist about it. Right. (laughs) I'm going to build one of them there for the Chinese. I mean, maybe he And then I'm going to go across the street and build one for the Egyptians. Right. It's interesting. Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Maybe he was just like, I want to make this, this place, which is growing, to be something that the world comes to. I don't know if he had the vision that you're I don't either, him but for. think about where those are at, and that's one of the biggest tourist areas in the world. You think that he knew that in 1912? I, I think that people moved here were optimistic. Like, you didn't, the people that came here did it on a hope and a prayer and I, faith. I think that his unsuccessful gold mining means one of two things either he found a ton of gold, or he comes up there from, in them there hills. Oh, up there in the hills. <laughs> The hills have gold. Uh, that's, I think that's Lisbeth. Lis, Lis, Lisbeth? Sexist, listist, lispist. Ooh, you can't say I don't it. even know what's happening right now. I don't even know what you're trying to actually say. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, I didn't want to be uh, offensive towards th- those with lisps. Oh, you mean lispist. Lispist? Okay. Lispist. Lispist. That's hard. Lispist. That's also messed up for people that have lisps. Lispist. All right. Tell us a Tina Fey fact. Okay. I adore Tina Fey. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Tell Um, the story about the thingy. Oh, I'm at Tina Fey. Um, a few years ago, I, one of the artists I was with, we did Saturday Night How are you this afternoon? Sorry, I meant to hit oh, the yay button. <laughs> <laughs> yay! So, in the morning, I was in my hotel room, and I was working on some stuff before we went over to set, and in the background, I always have my TV running just for background noise, mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was on TBS, and it just so happened that Mean Girls was on, mm. and Tina Fey wrote Mean Girls, and also plays a part in Mean Girls. The meanest girl. She's no, the mean one. She's not. She's not. She's a teacher that actually like ends up getting hurt, and then they have to apologize to her. They do mean things to her. I never. Anyways, saw uh, we we go to set. You know, we do our rehearsals. Saturday Night Live is a very finely oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Get our stuff done, and later in the evening, um, as we start taping, I'm standing against the wall. And a whole bunch of people come in and uh, they line up against the wall and everyone's saying hellos and there's obviously a big hubbub going on around them. And I was like, ooh. And I look up and there's John Hamm and I was like, John Hamm? Matt? And I was in the process of watching Mad Men. So what, I was like, what's his nickname? Hamaconda. Hamaconda. Because of the snack. Nope, nope, nope. We're not, nope. <laughs> look it up. Nope. Look it up. No. Nope. Anyways. After all, after everything calms down, I turn and look to the side of me and I see that I'm standing next to Tina Fey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know what to say to this woman because I love her. This part's the best. And so I just turned and I said, hey, Tina, 
I read your book six times. <laughs> and she turned to me and she goes, it wasn't that good. Wow. And we Do both shared a laugh. Do you have the picture you showed me earlier? Uh, of you at SNL? Uh, yeah. On your it's phone. on my phone. Well, we don't have your phone. Text Misty directly and she'll send you a picture of the time she went to SNL. I have lots of pictures from that day. It was, very, it was fun. I don't blame you. It was I would, a fun day. I would have a ton of pictures too. Yeah. So um, that's my Tina Fey story. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Tina Fey always thought as a kid that everybody <laughs> wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. It just blew a booger out of my nose onto my microphone on camera. It just came out, went right on my mic. I don't think anyone would have known. I know, I know. Had you not drawn their attention Especially the Now audio. they're going to rewind it and slow-mo watch it <laughs> and like of it coming out of it, your nose. It wasn't like a bug bug, but it was enough. Significant? Yeah. That's really warm in here now. <laughs> I think mean, maybe you're a little embarrassed. I did not. I am. I did not. It's okay. I didn't mean to derail I think your... bugs are normal. People, everyone has bugs. Everybody Buddy has bugs. bugs. Everybody has bugs. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so anyways. Yes, more Tina Fey, please. Tina Fey always thought, uh, since she was a kid, mm-hmm. like always knew, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. Wow. Like it, she just was, it was, she couldn't understand that there were people in the world that, that that wasn't yeah. that they didn't want to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was I'm not school. surprised. Yeah, she just couldn't grasp the concept. Like when she was 11, she did an entire book report on comedy. And wow. the focus was Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, and Norman Lear. That's insane. Like the original genius. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You want to know about the scar on her face? I didn't know she had a scar on her face. She has a very prominent scar, actually. Um, <clears throat> she, uh, here you go. Uh, I mean, you can see it in all of her photos. It's on her left cheek. And she was slashed by a man when she was five years old. What? I've never noticed this before, yeah. ever. It happened in an alleyway. She was um, from Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Look at when that. she was in kindergarten. So that's why she always gets shot from the other side. Sure. That's I it. mean, I've seen it in things that I've watched her in, so I've she never, doesn't always get shot from the other side. Never, not once. I can't believe you've never noticed not it. Not one time. It, it's very prominent. Now that I'm seeing this. I think it adds character. I, I like it. I think she looks like our hairstylist, Leanne, a little <gasps> bit. I never noticed that. Isn't that weird? We have a special episode for Leanne this week. That's what's up. Yep. And we're going to share it with you later this week. We are. That was a dumb thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Check this out. Uh, did you know that mm-hmm. uh, the theater, the theater, the theater, if you're confused, guys, we're doing two topics today with a third bonus. We're kind of bouncing back and forth. Chinese theater in Hollywood and Tina Fey. Did you know that it was not always man's Chinese theater until 1973? I, I kind of wondered where that came from because I knew that said Grauman. Because mm-hmm. I've always, I mean, I know it's man's, but in my head, there's always been Grauman's too. Right. So, so what happened there? Ted Mann purchased the theater in 1973, and that's basically all you need to know about that. Well, all right then, Ted. Yeah, now it's uh, now Ted, it's Ted, Ted Mann's. Mann. Now it's Mann's Chinese Theater. Grauman's Chinese everything. Wait, that is weird. Why isn't it Mann's Grauman? Grauman Mann's. No, he changed the name. Mann's Chinese Theater. Yeah. Why do they call it Grauman sometimes? Is this just an old Hollywood thing? Yeah, I'm sure. It's Grauman's. It's hard to look. Yeah, it's, it's always Grauman's. And it was 25 years after Sid died. Okay. Sid Grauman. Right, we call him fair. Sid. His we friends and family Sid. call him Sid. Really. Yeah. Uh, more about Tina, please. All right. She was the first woman to be named head writer of SNL. Huh. Yep. 
That's so right. This process was uh, because I listened to a lot of uh, podcasts last week from the current head writer. Mm-hmm. Of SNL. She was the first woman to be named the head writer. I wonder how many head writers there have been on SNL. We, I don't know. Have we done an SNL episode? We haven't. Many We've head. not delved into that because it's such a like, man, I think we would need an entire like week. There's so many different eras of SNL. We There's an entire episode to be had just over Lorne Michaels himself. Um, yeah. Uh, before Tina, there had been one, two, three, four, five head writers, and they had been named Michael, Herb, Bob, Jim, and Steve. Sorry, I've got a fucking video playing somewhere. She was also head writer for six seasons. Six? Until what moving on to write and produce 30 Rock. That makes a lot of sense. Since her departure, two more women, Paula Pell and Sarah Snyder, have been head writers for SNL. I cannot get so a straight answer. I bet there answer. have been like probably around 10 or 15. I, I just won't give you a straight up, this is how many head writers. Yeah, because there were five before her, then Tina, mm-hmm. and then since she left, two more. So but you know, Colin, under 10. Colin Yost and Michael Shea are co-head writers right now. All right, so that adds two. So less people have been a head writer at SNL than have been on the moon. Oh, yeah. That, that would make sense. Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty prestigious. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, guess what? Tell me. I now W the head writer of Misty and Ike. <laughs> so I'm like equal to Tina Fey? Yes. And you're the first female head writer of Misty and Ike. <laughs> it's true. I you're am. You're also the first head writer of Misty and Ike. Yep. Uh, you're the lead co-host. The, I have a lot yeah. of accolades. Look at that. Look at that, guys. We're just empowering women all over this right place. Right and left. Yeah. Right and left. I'm just sitting here with my head writer. I'm going to start introducing to people as that. I like that. Like this, this, this is my, the head writer. This is for... My head writer of my podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's our podcast also, but when I say my, it makes me. Yeah, feel it important. makes you, and it makes it sound like I, I'm your employee. Okay. <laughs> what if I said this is our head writer? Okay, I like that. And then you'd have to turn around and be like, hi, we're Misty and Ike, and this is our head writer, Misty. And then you'd have to like spin around in your chair and be this, like, this is hello a again. Lot. How about you just tell people I'm Misty? I'm okay with that. Misty the head writer. I I don't want to be relegated to a title anymore. I want a title. I don't want to be a noun. I'll be... I want to be a verb. I'll be Supreme Commander Ike. And you I like that. head writer Misty. Okay. I could, set, I could settle with that. Cool. We should change All our right. nameplates. So we only have like 30 seconds. Oh, no. So do you want to... Uh, do you... Super fun facts real quick. Yep. The first footprint was Norma Talmadge's. Talmadge. Sure. Uh, don't know who she is, but she was the first, like, mm-hmm. if, and if you guys are not from Hollywood, oh, the Chinese yeah. theater is where everybody does the handprints Yeah, when they do the movies. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think it's where the Walk of Fame starts. That's not, not true. Not at all. Uh, if you ever get a chance to press your palms into the cement grommets, don't be afraid to get creative. That's not a fact. Thanks Mm-mm. a lot. No, not you at all. You can read along with me. Not all of the immortalized names are familiar ones. Cool. Once a slab of cement has been signed, it stays in the forecourt forever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Seems like they would be digging up old ones to put new ones in there. Nope. It's been a site of a number of major movie premieres. Duh. Yeah. It also hosted the Oscars. Duh. Duh. The exterior <laughs> architecture has changed a bit over the years. Duh. Duh. All right. So I'm going to wrap up today. Oh, yeah. We, we got our final. I even forgot. I know. Yeah. Okay. In the grand tradition of boy bands throughout history, 
We have a few that are standouts. Mm -hmm. The Backstreet Boys the Backstreet are one Boys. of those standouts. And today, on this day in history, on this May eighteenth, this very day, nineteen ninety nine. Let's hit them where it counts. The third studio album, Millennium was released it's gonna be may that's may. not even that's not even oh no that's words. insane that's insane <laughs> that's the only boy band song I know. was it was it the one that had back streets back all right well where are they back from i don't know oh no it had i want it that way i want it that Dead way tell Dead. me why show me the meaning of being lonely i'm gonna look up the track list and the hit larger than life Larger than life. Where is it? Unbreakable. Also, I had a song called The One. I'm not Here familiar it is. with that. Oh, Larger Than Life. I want it that way. Show me the meaning of being lonely. I said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's got It's got to be you. I need you tonight. Himitation. Don't want you back. <laughs> Don't want to lose you now. A lot of losing and lonely. The One. Back to your heart. Spanish eyes that held up pretty well. <laughs> no one else that comes aged close. Poorly. And the perfect fan. I feel like for you know a, a boy band and like the prime of their career, a lot of lonely and sad and a lot going on there. Um, I will tell you, it sold 24 million copies worldwide, and they promoted the album with the Into the Millennium tour, which became one of the fastest-grossing tours of all time. We're getting kicked off of YouTube for it, but it's worth it, folks. <laughs> Have a happy Tuesday. Try and listen to the entire Millennium album. And since it's not yeah. Friday, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> <laughs>